Welcome y'all to the Think Different Podcast. Will and him are here to talk about our past. Apple Quarter 1 made lots of dough. The iPad turned 10, now it's iPad Pro. The Apple stores are crazy to visit. Your genius spot appointment will take 50 minutes. Welcome to the Think Different Podcast. Another great rap. I'm just getting better and better every week. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I'm going to get asked by the major companies and record companies to come aboard and rap their songs. I am Will, TLD, Movado Dragon, WV Productions, Vafita's here, along with the co-host with the most who just learned what professional wrestling is all about. It is Vacation Tim. Hello, Tim. Hello. Yes, uh, Will is right. I watched my very first uh, wrestling event this past Sunday when it was the Royal Rumble. Um yeah, it was it was, any, it was entertaining. Anyone, yeah, I won. anyone, money. Thank you. Uh, what's her name's daughter? Ric Flair's daughter. Thank you to her. Yeah. What's her name? What's her name? Uh, Carlene Flair. No, no, it's Charlotte. Charlotte. I was close enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carl, Carlene, <laughs> Carlene Flair. Woo! He won the pool because of course anyone that joins in a pool doesn't know what's going on always wins yeah but yes there was a royal rumble pool for the winner he ended up winning that pool and he didn't stick around for the whole event because he got tired it was it was almost four to six hours of watching wrestling well thank god you don't come watch wrestlemania because that's probably gonna be like seven hours that's, so I, I still get how people do that why? Because they're entertained by it. And plus, you missed the best part when Brock Lesnar was destroying everybody. So you would have But he didn't win, though, that. right? Well, you should have stuck around. So, <laughs> Or you get the WWE Network for free for one month. Oh, nice. Whatever choice you want. plug there. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of news stories that happened throughout the week. Believe it or not, there was actually a lot of things that happened throughout the week. And our main subject today is the crowds at the Apple stores. Is the Apple store too crowded? Well, we're going to talk about that today. But before we do that, make sure you go to our Think Different podcast on Facebook and you add us Think Different podcast on Instagram and Think Diff pod on the Twitter. You know, we're on episode 29. That means we're almost at 30. 30 episodes, 30 weeks. I know, right? That's crazy. Of talk. Uh, 30 weeks of talking. Who would have thought we made it this long? I would never. How many months is that? Uh, Math. Eight. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's get started with some breaking news. Apple Store displays are being redesigned, focusing on Apple Arcade. Uh, if you saw our video on our YouTube channel of Will's visit to the Fifth Avenue store, you would have noticed that there's some changes to the store's layout. They have a new HomePod room. So similar to that, they're trying to create these experiences to kind of make an interactive and like a endearing, enriching displays. So now they're actually going to wrap it around Apple Arcade. And in select Apple stores throughout the United States, they're going to be introducing and exposing 100-plus games that are offered through the Apple Arcade. How they're going to do that is having iPads set out with different products, 
such as, which I'm surprised about, with a DualShock Sony controller and an Xbox One wireless controller are going to be set in front of iPads along with the Beats Solo Pros to showcase some of the Apple Arcade games. I'm, I'm shocked about that because there's going to be, and we're going to get into a lot of the concerns with the Apple Store and why it's crowded later on in this episode, but it's just going to surprise me of how many times people are going to get the question, do you sell an Xbox here or do you sell a PlayStation here because the controllers are there? Do you think I, I think they should sell them if the fact that they're promoting them in the store But I think it's smart that they're promoting the idea that you can use a controller because it, it right away It's a signal that it's a game and that sure. it, it, that's like the and that's a trigger point So they should do that. Will they? Eh, I don't know if they will yeah. I mean there, there's no evidence of that, but this is only gonna be in select stores Which means only the nice ones not the small ones like our the ones that we were yeah. at <laughs> Let's be out. Let's be real here, folks. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a nice store. Expect if you want to see a store close by, expect the Fifth Avenue store to have this update, um, al- along with other big stores like San Francisco and Chicago, stuff like that. And they're showcasing how all these different products can work together and keep you inside that e- Apple ecosystem. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked one day if Apple comes out with their own controller, which I wouldn't think would be a bad idea. But they're not in the controller game. It's something new. You know, there's already a lot of people working on that. You know, Apple's just supplying the software, and hopefully one day on the Apple Arcade, we get a Mario game. So, as of January 27th, it marked the 10th anniversary of Steve Jobs unveiling the original iPad. Um, as you note, that keynote was the last keynote before, one of the last major products that was uh, unveiled before his death in 2011. Um, and I just remember, I, I watched a video recap of, of the event and I just remember him sitting in that chair. It was it was just unbelievable to watch because it was just something where he was describing. He's like, you know, I was trying to think of something. It's not a laptop, a MacBook, in a sense. It's not an iPhone. What is it? And he's like, he made the joke about like, oh, it's a netbook. But no, because like those are just cheap, you know, disposable kind of things. And it, he unveiled the iPad. And you just saw him sitting in that leather chair so happy of what he just created um, and it was just revolutionary. And within the first couple of months, they sold 300,000 iPads. I was actually there in the stores when the iPad, this was probably the first big launch product that I was involved with as far as like physical product goes. It was crazy busy how people loved the iPad. And at the time, I wasn't so much impressed with the iPad because of how thick it was. I still felt the weight was too yeah. big. It didn't, until the iPad Air came out, that was the one that got me. But the other ones, I just still felt it was a little thick. But it, it was just, it was, and he doesn't describe it as a tablet. You know, it's beyond what a tablet can yeah. do because it has its own operating system and it works completely different than any other tablet that was out there because they made proprietary software for it. And now it's even better because now iPad OS is now an official OS, which is now separate from the iPhone. But we're still not 100% to the point where iPad is its own OS and it doesn't feel different than the iPhone. Not, not yet. It's almost there, though. Yeah, and just, to, it's getting- and just to read off some of the stats of the original iPad and the tech specs, it was a 9.7-inch display, which was common throughout the iPads through as it's got better and better until recently. Uh, single core Apple A4 processor, up to 64 gigs of storage, 256 megabytes of RAM, and advertised 10 hours of battery life. Had Bluetooth capability, that 30 pin c- 
connector. Remember, this was before the lightning cable existed, and then a headphone jack. Um, they had a Wi-Fi model that started at $499, and then the cellular 3G cellular model started at $629. And it's kind of funny that he was sitting in that leather chair. I feel like he also had more of a uh, culture change to it, right? Like, I my, that's all my mom does at night when she gets home from work is she sits in it a lot in of the cou- on her couch and scrolls on her iPad, you know, just the way that Steve described all the way back in 2010. What I found funny, too, is that this iPad lacked a lot of functionality after a few years because of the operating system. Uh, upgrading, but it took a while for 3G to even be on the iPad. I remember when the iPad came out, the Wi-Fi model was out, but it took months to get the 3G cellular model out. That didn't come out right away, and there was no camera on it. Thank yeah. God, because now yeah. there's now there's a now there's a camera on it, but it's being used the complete wrong way with <laughs> old people putting their iPads vertically, blocking people's faces. They're at but I will tell stuff, you, yeah. <laughs> yes, it happens all the time. I'm like, I do not get it, but I will tell you. This is so, and this is how amazing this product was. On the bus ride every morning, there is still a guy that has has his books and he has it on the original iPad. Wow. He still uses it and he's on the bus every morning, reading stuff on that iPad. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Considering how old that iPad is, ten years old, and it still works. It probably lasts the duration of the bus ride, and then he's got to go charge it wherever he's going. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, there's no replacement options anymore, and you can always use an external battery pack. But remember, that thing, it's, even though there's not much you could do with it anymore, you can still put movies on it, you can still put audio on it, you can still do uh, Bluetooth, you can still do ebooks. So for me, it's not totally a waste, but it's not going to be, you can't do a lot of apps and things on it. Yeah. So there is very limited capabilities on it. Apple releases iOS and iPad OS 13.3.1 with a toggle for turning off U1 chip in latest iPhones. This U1 Ultra Wideband chip is in the iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and iPhone 11 Pro Max. Um, it, what it does, it continues to track, they found that it continues to track the user location even when location services options are disabled because of the international regulatory requirements that mandate the U1 chip to be disabled in certain locations. So this new toggle feature allows you to turn it off um, for the U1 chip to not be tracking your location at all times. Um, but yeah, that's one of the major updates that was reported in this. And then there, you can always read the updates when you do update your device, which you should have already met, automatically turned on for updates. Uh, I, I'm still going to say don't 100% do that. Really? I will still... Oh, God, no. Especially if there's an update that's bad and it causes a bigger problem. Never turn on your automatic updates. Ever. I, I guess I'm I'm uh, doing it wrong. I, I, that's what I have. Well, a lot of people don't... Uh, I can tell you, a lot of people who don't update their phone, like the like the really like slow people on the iPhone, I could see why that's good for that. But for people who know what they're doing and understand how Apple's history kind of works and a little bit more of a nerd like we are, you may not want to turn it off. So you're saying I don't know what I'm doing? Well... <laughs> Moving on. Apple reports 1Q... 2020 results, which is $22.2 billion in profit on $91.8 billion in revenue, which is recorded as the best quarter ever. Will, I'm going to say it again. This is the best quarter ever. 
I know. I looked at my stock. <laughs> As of today, at the end of the day today, my st- our stock went up 6.65 That's today awesome. points. It was a great day for that. Um, so you can always read. They always put the revenue data up on the Apple.com um, in their news section. Um, but there's a couple things I wanted to point out after reading it. Uh, this is the first time that wearables, home, and accessories has surpassed Mac sales. Um, That's crazy. Which is, is nuts crazy. to think about. 61% of the total sales still equates to iPhone sales. Um, and everyone thought this was going to be a down year. Again, I, I said it on this podcast before. I thought this was going to be a stepping stone year for the iPhone because the iPhone 12 was just going to be that next big thing. But it has blown out of the water of expectations. And even Tim said it in the phone call today about that, how they, it's just blown way out of the expectation of whatever they expected. We also have to understand the exposure internationally grew by 61%. That is crazy. 61% of their revenue was international sales, which is, wow. just Which is what they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking for, you know, to grow in the international market. You know, you know that's been a big push for them for the last couple of uh, months or years, really. So that's that's just awesome. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, <laughs> when they brought opened up to Q&A, they asked about, one caller asked about 5G, and I thought Tim answered it very nicely. Uh, we don't comment on future plans, but 5G is still in the early phases of re- rollout. We feel very excited about our pipeline and wouldn't trade with anyone. Still kind of keeping the secrets to ourselves, but like possibly hinting out in the early phase of rollout. So what if, if that means 2020 or does it mean beyond? Who knows? The- you know, it's funny. There was another great article that the amount of money Apple has left over to use is worth more than Germany's stock market all combined. I love when they... they- like compare that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it, that's how crazy how much Apple just has sitting around doing nothing with them. And you know what's amazing too? How they couldn't, you know, pay some of the Apple Store employees a little more because of that, and then they stopped going out for training, for, you know, when they could easily do easily do it. You know, those little things are like, well, they could easily spend the money and do it. They haven't. But this is crazy. I mean, iPhone was a success. AirPods continue to be out of stock, as always. I heard the third-generation Apple Watch was also short in supply because there was a bigger demand than they thought for that model during the holiday. Uh, there, and you know, it's amazing. Some companies were complaining about their services that they didn't make like the bigger projections projections that they really wanted. And I'm like, dude, they're making so much money yeah. right now. It's like, it's like, I. This is a crazy amount of money to make in one quarter and how like I said this is a last year was a humongous turnaround for for Apple in my opinion they did they started listening to everybody and other than probably the Apple news being one of the worst decisions that they're doing everything else has been on top of the point and you know max sales are not going to blow up because again what have they really done to really change any of their desktops other than the Mac Pro which is only for a short amount of people they have not changed the overall look of any of their Macs, except for the MacBook Air, and that was two years ago. Yep. Yeah. And uh, comparing to the iPhone revenue, of, as Will attested to in the beginning of his speech, was it was the second highest that they ever achieved in sales, which was fifty-six billion, just under fifty-six billion. Which the first highest is actually sixty-one point six billion, which was the two years ago, which was the launch of the iPhone X originally. Um, which makes sense because the iPhone 10 was that 
big jump from what the original device was to that, you know, notch, you know, OLED display and stuff like that. So that was a big jump, but it's surprising. It's not surprised. It is surprising that 56 billion is the second highest in history because we did, we just did not expect this to happen. And Wawa warns customers of possible credit card data theft. Um, so there's a period in December, a uh, period from March 2019 to December 2019, where credit card information and customers' names were taken from sales both in the store and at gas pumps and sold to criminals. Yeah. <laughs> so I would check your banking statements, you know, you know, make sure that they're offering. I know they're offering free uh, checking on your credit, but this was a humongous problem. Now, for people who don't know what Wawa is, Wawa is in pretty much in the north and the east area. It's a version of 7-Eleven, but a probably a higher quality of it, and it's probably the most popular like like food market store in the in, in the entire East Coast. I, I can't imagine that no one likes going to a Wawa, and they make good subs and they and they make good uh, sizzlies, but they make a lot of mistakes. This is a humongous mistake by Wawa. And this is the point of why we're telling about the story. They accept Apple Pay everywhere in those stores. And for any time that I try to get Apple Pay to work and then their their terminals are not working, you know, this is the example of, well, what if one day their terminal doesn't work and then you, you know, because, because you want to use Apple Pay and you can't, and then something like this happens. Yeah. You know, this is why that, you know, they have to take this seriously and make sure that Apple Pay is everywhere so you don't have to worry about your number being stolen. Yeah, I agree. I use Apple I use Apple Pay everywhere I could possibly go. Even machines that don't advertise Apple Pay, I wait till like the very end where it says insert card and I wait the very last second before I pull a credit card out and use it because you know you don't know who who has it and doesn't. Yeah, and that's funny you say that. I, I know when I just assume that not every store has it, so I always just pull out my wallet. And then I wait for that screen to happen. I'm like, oh, they accept Apple Pay. And I take the time to put my wallet back in my pocket, then take out my phone. Or if I'm wearing my watch, I just do it on my watch. Um, but yeah, it, if I could use Apple Pay, I use it. Yeah, so here's the point. This could happen anywhere, and it's probably going to happen again. Use Apple Pay. It doesn't hurt to use Apple Pay. Right, wife Tara? She doesn't use it. <laughs> Calling her out. Hell Yeah. Thank you, Tim, for your wonderful insight on these news articles. But now it's time to talk about the main subject, the main event. It is going to be talking about Apple stores. Are they too crowded? Let's get to it right now. But before we do that, it's a special theme song. It's TLD. Yeah. Four-time tag team champion. I'm Cully. I'm cute. I'm a champion. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Think Different Podcast. That's right. I almost went back to my Inspector Gadget. I'll get you, Gadget. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to talk about crowds at Apple stores. So this subject I thought was very interesting because you brought it up to me, I believe, about something about the Apple stores. I forget what it was, but you brought it up to me. I thought that's a great subject to talk about. Yeah, it was a video um, that Business Insider posted about how Apple stores are sneaky in getting you to buy something. That's right. And it's from Business Insider. And it's talking about how not everyone is enjoying the experience. In fact, I'm going to throw an audio clip in here, something we haven't done yet from that. So I'm going to throw that in right now to hear feedback what customers are saying. 
but the Apple Store utopia might not be as glorious as it looks from the outside. In the past year, there have been reports of customers facing long wait times and overcrowded stores. Customers and reporters have lamented the loss of the seamless Apple Store. Apple might have to rethink its retail strategy if it wants to maintain the store's reputation. Ultimately, Apple wants its stores to have a positive impact on its customers. When it gets it right, it makes spending money really easy. So the point of this is that Apple stores are definitely improving and they're they're trying to give back to the community and that they're trying to new design differences, but not everyone is still happy about the experiences in the store. Again, an Apple store can be very confusing to someone who doesn't visit it enough. And are Apple stores too crowded? Well, the last time I went to an Apple store was at the Apple Freeload store to pick up my iPhone. And it's extremely hard to get around that store. In fact, when I walk into the store, I had to walk about a table forward to just to talk to an employee with an iPad in their hand, where I almost feel like in that store, they got to be right in the front. Yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, and not to mention trying to look for the person that the next specialist is supposed to look for in that queue is just, it's crazy. Not all Apple stores are like that. The one by you may be different by the one by us. But I can tell you, a lot of the mall locations, if they haven't gotten a remodel, they're not exactly one of the best places to go. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. A lot of the sales were international sales. And you know, a lot of international customers are coming to the store, and it could be very overwhelming to them if they don't know, first of all, how to even read the English sometimes. you know, And to be directed to a store, do a different location, be like, yeah, go past the, the second table in the back and stand in front of the iPads or stand in front of this display. They're not going to understand that. And they're just going to have that like wandering head throughout the store. And they're going to have to keep asking questions, keep getting redirected. Um, it would be interesting. I know it doesn't kind of fit to their aesthetic, but what if they had like obviously labels of different sections of the store, like on the walls or like stanchions or something like that. But then under those labels, like let's say it said like Max, then under those labels, Max is a bad example because you can't say Max in Spanish or a different language. But under those labels in smaller text, they had the diff- like the top three different languages. I don't know, like something like that, that, that can let a international customer that doesn't speak very good English find their way through an Apple store without asking for help all the time. In that Business Insider, they purposely talked about how Apple, with their signs, they don't put prices on there, or if they do, they're extremely small because they want people to ask questions. They want people to, you know, learn more about the product and how that the engagement of the product helps entice the buyer to buy it. It's very interesting. So that's why I think Apple doesn't do the sign thing. They want people to ask the questions to learn more about it and invest more into the store. And that's why they do that. And th- and I think it's just, again, Apple has these steps of service. Apple has these certain ways of doing things that somehow just feel natural to a customer. And it's a, and how it doesn't come up as a sales pitch. Right, right, right. You know, and obviously it has a lot to do with also the person that is talking to you because some people could come off that way and some people don't. I can tell you most of them don't come off like a salesman. All right, but also if Apple's telling us, hey, why don't you trade in your phone instead of uh, getting a a phone replacement? Really, it comes out how you say it. So if you provide options instead of saying, well, you know, instead of, you know, doing the repair, why why don't we trade up instead? 
you know, it's like you didn't you didn't present the options in a way where the customer has the, you know, opportunity. Because a lot of the feedback I got from our promoter scores was that, especially during the iPhone upgrade program, that that was a big thing. And a lot of other people that worked at the store felt that way, especially around the GeneSpar area. But does it almost backfire because the longer you take with a customer, with the more customers that come in, the more crowded it gets. Like, isn't, isn't that almost a downfall in itself? It's like shooting but, yourself in the foot. But it's, yeah, but you're also trying to provide a good experience, too. And it doesn't matter if it takes 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. If the end of the day, the customer's happy, they walk out with something, and, and the experience was great, who cares? But what if I had to you wait know, and a half hour to get that experience? Then you have to talk to a leader. That That's the whole point is communicating, saying, hey, I'm going to be in this thing longer than I expected, just so you know. Yeah. That way... You know, and if you have to explain it later, you know, the main thing I always said to every manager, it was the right thing for the customer, and that is it. And you can't argue that. Right, right. And when it comes down to the crowds, face it, the genius bar is mixed in with sales. They're, they're one area. If you were to cut that store in half, let's say that the genius bar becomes its own store completely away from the specialist, would there be a difference in the crowds? 100%. Right. They should do that. <laughs> No, that'd be cool if no. they had a room where they would just put all the genius bar and the people in there, and then that'd be cool, like almost like a back of house. Will knows what that means, where it's just the genius bar, and they're all stuck in there in that kind of room, and then the sales stuff is outside. But I think they want people to see what's going on in the store. They want to see the people in the front because the idea of the genius bar is it's always fate. When the first Genius Bar came out, it used to face towards the back wall. Everyone was uh, looking at a wall that's a Genius Bar on it, facing the opposite way of where all the crowds were. Yeah. And I think what Apple did is they said, you know what, let's open that space up. And that's why they don't have that. That's why the floating Genius Bar came out, where now they're in all different directions. And they now have the Genius Grove, where now you're doing it on a tree troubleshooting their problem. So let me actually... Under a tree. Let me actually... Under the tree. <laughs> let me actually caveat, Under the caveat tree that. Where I'm going to fix your MacBook Pro. Take it from me. I was in Vegas once. It was for my 21st birthday. It was a lot of fun. But at the time, I was still working at Apple, and I wanted to visit... And you didn't, you didn't take me. You asked me to go with you. You, un, you butthole. So I was there, and there was a couple of Apple stores just in Las Vegas. I believe there was three. And I went to one in the fashion show mall, and it actually divides it up like I'm talking about. And I got the tour because I was an Apple store employee at the time. I was able to get a backstage tour, get a whole inside look, talk to all the managers, the whole nine yards. But at that, the store is divided like I'm describing. In the front of the store is the sales and like, you know, where you can see all the products on the tables, like a typical Apple store. Then there's this large dividing wall with two openings on the side. They're pretty large openings that then lead to this back-ish room where the Genius Bar Grove is and the Genius Bar and where all these services and repairs will be done. So it is divided like that. It's possible. And I think a store like that, the, the flow works so nicely because now it's dividing the store, you know. But not, again, like Will's saying, not all stores and most, actually a majority of the stores are not like this. Yeah, this is a very unique type of store. Uh, I don't even know when that opened, uh, if you could recall. I, I don't know. But it's very interesting concept that they would open that kind of store in there. 
uh, and the way it looks because it, it doesn't feel like they're doing that with a lot of other stores. A lot of other stores like have like different floors. Yes. Yeah. So if you go to if you if you go to West Fourteenth. Uh, in New York, they have a completely separate floor. It's just Genius Bar. Yeah, which is good so, too. Yep. Right. That that's kind of the same idea where you know the third floor is only for that specific feature. Uh, or today at Apple, same deal. So it, I think it really depends on how they're building their stores now, and and it's different depending on what it is. If you go to Grand Central, it's the same deal. Like there's a separate area just for the Genius Bar away from. The sale. So when I go up the middle, it's like the left side is all the Genius Bar, and then the right side is all sales and other items. So that that's another example of that. But like the mall stores, you know, and, and maybe this one's kind of an exception because it's a little bit newer. Yeah. But some of the older ones who haven't gotten that remodel, they're not like that yet. No, it's just like a big open even, floor plan. Even Apple Fifth, even Apple Fifth Avenue is not like that. They're, they're it's completely wide open. Yeah. You know, and they just redid that. I found out that the fashion show Apple Store opened in 2002. Oh, so it's actually pretty old. But it got redone. But it did get redone. Okay, okay. So they got a major expansion in 2013. So that's an example where they went from a smaller store to uh, the bigger store that you see today. Cool. Yeah. It was really nice. And everyone was really nice there. It's very rare you'll go into an Apple Store where someone's a, a butthole to you. Honestly. Canada. Oh, really? I went. I visited two stores in Canada. And the one store in Toronto was just, they were so cool. And I was, I was an admin at the time, so we were, I was talking to the admin, and we were just sharing stories and stuff like that. Um, and then the other one I went to, they could care less that I was from America and I was an Apple employee. You must have went to the French Canadians. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, every Apple store I've gone to has been a great experience. I mean, now going there not as an employee anymore and trying to go in there as a, just a complete stranger and not try to reveal myself as a former Apple employee who knows the ins and outs of everything. I want to try to get that experience now that, that the customer feels like, you know, and, and I'll give you even a perfect example. Like right now I had an issue with an Amazon order for, I bought a drone separately and then I returned it. They were not returning my entire fee. They were charging me almost a close to a hundred dollar restocking fee. Amazon? It was like 90. Yeah. That's and $91 wow. because, well, I bought it from a third party. That's not Amazon. Oh, Prime. Never mind. And, and then Amazon, of course, took care of me as a one-time deal. They just gave me back the money that I fully. Oh, owed, that's good. You know, but that's just, but that's the kind of support Amazon gives me, and that's why I keep buying stuff from there because they take care of me as a customer. And I think an Apple Store is no different than that. And typically, I don't have to go. Obviously, I'm the kind of the exception to the rule. We are. We don't have to go to the Apple Store for every little issue. Yeah. You know, we know how to fix things without going there. So to reduce crowds, will do you think Apple? should go back to what they did um, a couple, I would say probably like five to six years ago now where they had a dedicated table where they had physical products behind like the, a two or a couple specialists and it would be like a quick sale and they would just go and they would grab, it would be like the most popular products at the time. So they would go and they'd grab the iPhone 128 gigabyte and they'd scan it, sell it really quickly. So for, it accommodates those people that just want to get in there. They know what they want and they want to buy. So they have to be put in a queue and stuff like that. And that's where the education comes to personal pickup because that is the option for that. Apple store. If you're going to an Apple store, they want to give you the time necessary to talk to you. So yeah, you're going to stay in the store. I can tell you anywhere you go, whether it's support over the phone or if you talk to somebody in the store, you got to give 30 minutes of your time. 
You know, yeah. I'm sorry. That you really do. But if you already know what you want, then just do personal pickup and then take it with you. And and they even still offer you the option to stay in the store with with setup or any other things you might want to buy. So reality is, if you're gonna go to that store and you already know what you want, just do it online and do personal pickup. It's much faster. It's a much better experience. Uh, then going there and trying to wait for somebody, you already know what you want, you know, and especially on a weekend when it's really busy, you know, right now is like the dead time for Apple store. This is always our lowest time from January to about March until usually March times a a, a new product, but Apple store, as far as the crowds go, I think newer stores do it better than other stores. It really all depends on the store you go to and the look of it. Freehold can't do much about it the yeah, way I they know. are. But but a store like the Fashion Store or West 14th Street have a better way of managing the crowds based on where they put stuff in the store. What if they did this? So alluding to your your uh, personal pickup, how about I submit a personal pickup and I submit a time that I'm going to be in the store. So let's say I'm going to be in the store on you know April 24th from 3 to 4 p.m., right? So when I get to there on April 24th at 3 o'clock, already at a table next to a specialist is my personal pickup. But then they got to have somebody stay there and hold the product, and then you got to worry about robbery. Well, no. Well, you know, the whole- like those should be like how it used to be, like where it was like a cabinet or like they had like – you know, an area dedicated to personal pickup where a person is just dedicated to standing there the entire time. I don't think they want that. I think they want somebody to always engage with a customer. I don't think they want someone looking around doing nothing. But there's just that. That's what managers, that's what managers do. Right. But, <laughs> but then there's always that awkward time where it's like, I have a personal pickup. I'm already sold on the product. You already have my money. Now I have to say that I'm here. I have to wait for a runner to bring out my product from the back that already it has my label. Take that long. You're looking. You're talking like two minutes of a difference here, Tim. Well, yes, but we're just talking about reducing crowds, right? The Apple Do you stores want to put are a cage in front of the Apple <laughs> store. Like, I mean, honestly, you want to put a cage out hey, there? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Like, 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 like an Amazon this, Locker. Is this a that would not, is this a Panera, Panera bread? Will this is, is another this is? great idea? An Amazon Locker in the Apple store. Like, not an Amazon specifically, but like the idea of an Amazon Locker. Apple generates a random code that is associated with this locker in an Apple store in a dedicated location. And I could just go there, pick it up, put the code in, pick it up, leave. Come on. I don't mind that. It's not a bad idea. Actually, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I don't think they'll do it, but I, but I don't mind that. Yeah, that'd be but cool. I think that's a, not, a bad, but not a bad idea. I like it. But I think that we've explored the idea that Apple stores are somewhat crowded, some are not crowded based on certain things. But the idea of this, we just want to improve the store and improve the experience. You're never going to please everybody. Yeah, I'm right. sorry, no matter what retail store you are. But I think Apple does a damn good job of doing it. And it is the place to go to buy your electronics crap. Who you got for the Super Bowl? Chiefs, baby. Yep, I'm going for the Chefs, too. I cannot wait to see them win this weekend. The Chefs are indeed the team to beat. <laughs> is that a, uh, a uh, hot take? That's not, oh no, it's not. It's a spoiler. I'm gonna tell you right now that the chefs are gonna win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I put money on that. Put a thousand dollars down. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for the Think Different Podcast. It's been a wonderful episode again. Make sure, again, you follow us on all of our social media. And this podcast is available in every single platform except Spotify. No, it is it is available on Spotify. I'm kidding. It just pisses Tim off. <laughs> Tim, Tim, another great episode, another great Think Different Podcast. And I hope next week that my rap can surpass the next one. Peace out.